From the Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen Center for Media Evangelization in Ewing, New Jersey, welcome to Come to Me with Jim Manfredonia. Stay tuned for an hour of talk, reflections, and meditations on topics that are important to today's Catholics. And now, here's your host, Jim Manfredonia. And a very good day to you, my friends. Welcome once again to Come to Me. My name is Jim Manfredonia. As always, a great joy to be here with you as we are blessed every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday to be able to come here together live at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. And, of course, we repeat the program on those same days at 10 p.m. Um, also, to remind you that, you know, we are coming to you on all various and many uh, communications platforms are uh, coming to you live right now. If you're listening at 4 o'clock uh, on this December 12th, the Feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe, um, coming to you live on our video platforms as well, on, on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash domesticchurchmedia, and also facebook.com slash domesticchurchmedia. Also coming to you a streaming live video on our website at domesticchurchmedia.org and all of the other means you can listen, not just our radio stations anymore, but on our mobile app, which is free and a, a great, great resource, uh, streaming audio on our uh, from our website and also uh, Alexa um, Amazon Alexa device and also the Google Home device there as well. So, all kinds of ways to listen and watch. Now, if you have your if you have your free domestic church media app loaded on your phone or tablet, you can actually watch the program right on your phone by going to uh, the app and clicking on the uh, listen slash watch live, and you can watch the program right on your phone or on your tablet. Pretty neat, all the means we have available to us, and uh, we praise and thank God for allowing us the opportunity to use them. Um, of course, today, Thursday already, the beautiful feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe, uh, and um, we had a, uh, our quarterly board of directors meeting here at the uh, Sheen Center this morning. Uh, we have them every every three months. Uh, I have a wonderful uh, family of uh, board members that the Lord has um brought to me uh, throughout the years and from all different uh, walks of life, but have great expertises and um, just assuring you that, you know, the, op- the apostolate is being, is being uh, um, operated as number one, as God wants it to be and wills, but also on a more um, practical uh, level to understand that there are uh, some great men and women, especially those who in, in the finance areas who, have great stewardship over uh, the ver- great generosity you show us throughout the year to assure you that um, <laughs> that when you you send a gift to us that it's being used uh, the to the best way we possibly know how to do it um, to serve the Lord. So thank you uh, to everybody for that. And we did have Holy Mass this morning here at the uh, Sheen Center in our chapel. Father John Butler from over at St. Mike's. In West End came over and um, celebrated Holy Mass for us. And as we do every time we have Mass here at the radio station, we offer up, included in the intentions, you, our listeners, our benefactors, and now especially this month, all of the intentions that you keep sending to us, which is great uh, because they're prayed for regularly. So thank you for that as well. So and we thank God for a, a beautiful day, thanking Our Lady on this beautiful day, this beautiful feast day of Our Lady of Guadalupe. And... Um, Let's pray. Uh, we're going to go to the cat. Go, go finish out actually the apostolic letter from Pope Francis on the Nativity, 
And then also we're, we'll go to the catechism since it is Thursday. So let's begin, my friends, as we begin all good things in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And we're praying this beautiful Advent prayer. Lord Jesus, Master of both the light and the darkness, send your Holy Spirit uh, upon our preparations for Christmas. We who have so much to do seek quiet spaces to hear your voice each day. We who are anxious over many things look forward to your coming among us. We who are blessed in so many ways long for the complete joy of your kingdom. We whose hearts are heavy seek the joy of your presence. We are your people walking in darkness yet seeking the light. To you we say, come, Lord Jesus. And as our Holy Father requested, we pray our prayer to St. Michael the Archangel as well as to our Blessed Mother to protect the church from the attacks of the devil. And so we pray, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast him to hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. We fly to thy protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our petitions and our necessities, but deliver us always from all dangers, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. And our prayer also now for the beatification of Mother Maria Calpis and the prayer that we're praying and have been praying for a complete, total, miraculous healing of our young friend Maria, who has been diagnosed with a, a tumor on her brainstem. And so we pray, O loving Jesus, we beseech you, Grant that your servant, Mother Maria, who is imbued with your Eucharistic presence while on earth, may, through the intercession of your Immaculate Mother and St. Casimir, be glorified by visible signs and miracles, so that for your glory and the salvation of souls, she may by your power be declared blessed. Amen. Gracious God, we praise and thank you for your faithfulness and love. You've blessed us with the example of your servant, Maria Calpas, whose deep faith in your presence, love for the Eucharist, and zeal in fostering the faith life of others continue to inspire us. Through her intercession, we pray for a complete and total healing of our friend Maria. Help us to continue life's journey with a heart filled with a profound faith in you and that trust, which is born of love. And we ask this through our Lord Jesus Christ and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And we pray, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you. Pray for us. Venerable Archbishop Sheen, pray for us. Saint Pope John Paul II, pray for us. Our Lady of Good Remedy, pray for us. And today, in a very special way, Our Lady of Guadalupe. Pray for us in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Again, uh, friends, thank you so much for joining me and for praying together. And thanks again. I, you know, I'm always uh, just thrilled. I go to the post office every day and I grab a stack of mail. And uh, you are so, number one, being so generous to us. I appreciate that. Please continue to do that. Um, as I've shared with you, uh, I've been advised by uh, those here at Domestic Church Media who uh, oversee the finances, that if we could raise at least $75,000 by December 31st, that will put us in a very, very good position, breaking even for the year, which probably a first, <laughs> and also um, setting us up for the first few months of the new year, where we uh, normally and traditionally see a shortfall uh, in those first three months of any new year. So uh, if you've not yet had a chance to respond to that, and i got to tell you, I'm so excited as well because I'm seeing, uh, hearing from so many of you uh, from whom I have not heard for a year or two. So God bless you for your generosity. 
Uh, and and most especially for all the prayer requests that you send here, because as I've, sh- I've shared with you, uh, for me personally, to be able to go into the chapel and pray, uh, you know, my liturgy of the hours, morning, day, evening prayer, and include your intentions as we go through each day. Uh, but as I said, today we had Holy Mass here. Father uh, Butler was here to say Mass for the board of directors, and uh, we had Mass here in our beautiful little chapel, and we always, anytime we have Mass, include the intentions of our donors and benefactors, our family of listeners, and especially this month, the prayer requests that you're sending to us because they're in the chapel in a basket there that we put before the uh, at the foot of the altar. So um, please keep them coming. And, and if, you, if you're not on our mailing list and you didn't get your grazia or you've, and you want to, you know, another quick and easy way to do that is to just go to our website, domesticchurchmedia.org, and click on the Donate Now button. And whatever is within your means, my friends, we never ask you to go above them, but we ask you please to be as generous as possible uh, to help us raise that goal of at least $75,000 by the end of the month. It's a very important month for domestic church media. It always is, December, the end of the year. Uh, and we can do all the things that we're doing because of that. And, uh, you know, as you'll hear at 5 o'clock, we're playing more crisp music. I got an email from uh, someone in North Carolina listening to the music on our uh, on, on our station, of course, using either the mobile app or the uh, home speaker devices or streaming audio. We're reaching a lot of people around the world, and um, but we can only do that because you support us and pray for us. So uh, do keep those, those uh, uh, donations coming. Um, if you have our mobile app, right in the bottom of the app, there's a, a donate button. You can do it right there. It takes you to our donation page. You decide what you would like to donate, um, but it would be a big, big help to us, my brothers and sisters. Uh, you know, we love being here. We were, again, as, as I said, we had a board of directors meeting here this morning, um, and we always just kind of go over, you know, the, the past quarter and, and look to the future. Of course, at the, this time of year, we always look to the next year and what our goals are and what we need to be doing uh, to serve God. That's why we're here. We exist to serve God, and um, we are here to uh, hopefully, as a part of your day, uh, in whatever way you listen or watch, help you in your spiritual journey toward the Lord. In fact, we're going to talk about that in our catechism segment today. Um, we're going to go to the very beginning of the catechism and talk about man's capacity for God and the desire for God. You know, this time of year, we're all anxiously awaiting the celebration of Christmas, but Advent also prepares us for the the uh, great and glorious second coming and this great desire we have for God. You know, every one of us being made in his own image and likeness have this innate desire for God. And we read so much today. I've shared those statistics with you about the decline in Christianity, the decline in Catholicism, people leaving the church. And, and But they still have that desire for God. They don't even know what it is. So they try to fill it with something else, something of the world. We're here to bring out the good news. We're heeding the great commission of Jesus Christ when we broadcast 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We're heeding that call to go out into the world with the good news of Jesus Christ, to share it with as many people as possible. So we're going to talk about the the capacity for God and man's desire for God when we get to our catechism segment. We're also going to go uh, to the apostolic letter that Pope Francis gave us uh, just uh, less than two weeks ago on the importance and significance and meaning of the nativity scene. Uh, We'll get to that in a second. As I'm thinking about this day, this December 12th, uh, and I, I think, of course, we, we, we celebrate this beautiful feast day of Our Lady of Guadalupe. I had a wonderful experience 
before the, the program today, I was I was in, in prayer and and it was brought back to me. It was it was 17 years ago today on this December 12th. 17 years ago, my goodness. Where a very good friend of mine at the time, I was doing my radio program at a, in another uh, station, and um, Father Marion Zalecki, who was a priest, a Pauline father, uh, stationed at the National Shrine of Our Lady of Chenstohova up in Doylestown, Pennsylvania. He was going to be a guest on my program, and it was December 12th. And I had, this was 2002, I had been praying about something very important. Um, and and this is something that uh, uh, was on my heart. I was praying a lot about it. And, and Father Marion came to do the program with me, and he brought with him uh, a stole that he, the Bishop of Guadalupe had given to him when he was visiting, uh, Bishop of Mexico City had given to him when he was visiting Guadalupe a few years before. And it had the image of Our Lady of Guadalupe on the stole and a, and a long-stemmed rose. Because you know the story, of course, of Juan Diego gathering the roses. So he had it rolled up. And I was, it was before my program, we, were, we weren't on the air yet. And, and I was, he said he had this beautiful Polish accent. And uh, he always reminded me of John Paul, uh, too. But he said, Jim, I want to show you something. And he took out the stole, was rolled up, and he unrolled the stole in the studio. We weren't on the air yet. He unrolled the stole in the studio. And those of you who know me, I'm not like a, I'm not a really a dog and pony show kind of guy. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm just, uh, I don't go after, and there's nothing wrong with, you know, I heard the gentleman, the caller before uh, on Open Line talking about the apparitions and how that might take some people's spirituality in a different direction, but... I'm just, for me personally, you know, I'm just as happy sitting in front of a tabernacle as I would be if I had a chance to go to Lourdes. It just, that's just who I am. That's my spirituality. But he unrolled this, this stole that he had received from the Bishop of Mexico City with the image of Our Lady of Guadalupe on the feast day of Our Lady of Guadalupe, unrolled it in the studio, and all of a sudden this enormous and immense, um, overpowering aroma of roses and I said, Father, what did you do, spray that with some perfume or something? He said, what are you talking about? I said, the, this, the I said, roses. I said, it's, it's almost like making my eyes water. He says, I don't smell anything. I said, get out of here. I said, you're, you're trying to put one over on me here. He said, Jim, no, I don't smell anything. I said, you, you didn't spray this with perfume or something? He said, no. I said, you did so. And he goes, come on. And we went and there was another person in the building. And he said, let's go find out. And we went and asked this other person. And he held it up to this gentleman's nose and said, smell this. What do you smell? And the guy says, I don't smell anything. I said, you don't smell roses? He said, no. And I was sharing with Father, uh, Father Mary. And I said, you know, Father, I've been praying about a special intention recently. And he goes, well, there's your answer. That she, Our Lady's giving you the answer right now, he said. So uh, every time I think of, of, of uh, this day, uh, the Feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe, um, I think of that instance where I had a, an experience, let's say, with our Blessed Mother, an encounter in a special way with her. Um, so anyway, I just thought I would share that. with I was, I was praying earlier before the program, and that was placed on my heart. There was something else I had to share with you, and I forget what it was. See, I go off on these tangents, and then I forget what I'm doing. I have nothing written down. Someone recently emailed me and asked if they could have the notes from a program I did a few weeks ago. 
I said, I don't, I don't have any notes. I don't use notes. The Holy Spirit tells me what to say when I'm on the air. <laughs> but today we're going to go to uh, finish up this beautiful letter from Pope Francis, the apostolic letter on the significance and importance and um, meaning of the nativity scene. And again, here we are, we're, we're less than, than two weeks away from Christmas Day. Of course, we know that whole week within the octave is Christmas Day. Every day is a Christmas Day. But December 25th, we're less than two weeks away now. And uh, my goodness, I think everybody's feeling this for some reason, uh, this, this, this idea that, um, you know, time is moving so fast. Nobody has time to catch up to Christmas. <laughs> and maybe that's good. You know, we were talking today at the board meeting, uh, some of us, and, and saying, you know, when I, was, when I was a kid growing up, and if you're my age and older, probably the same thing for you. I mean, I think my dad put the Christmas lights, the outside lights up, maybe a week before Christmas. And our Christmas tree, when I was growing up, when I was little, in my first, you know, four, five, six years, we would go to bed at Christmas Eve, and there was not even a tree up in the house, because Santa Claus would put the tree up and we were asleep. That's when the Christmas tree went up. We'd wake up the next morning. Not only did we see presents under a tree, but we saw a tree. The tree wasn't there the night before. So the whole, all of a sudden, it was like the whole uh, area where the, where there was tree and presents, that was all part of the same, uh, the same gift from Santa Claus. And then the entire week between the te- December twenty fifth and New Year's Day was was a a continuous celebration. My father was home from work; he wasn't working. There were visitors, and we had company, and we. Go over each other's house, little our friends, and and see what they got, and play with their toys, and they'd come to our house and play with our toys, and the whole week was just a great celebration. But now, you know, these days you see people putting up Christmas lights are up on on houses even before Thanksgiving. Before <laughs> you see lights going on, uh, Santa Claus arrives at the mall the week after Halloween. So maybe this is good. You know, we're all if we're, if if you're like me, we're all kind of feeling well. It doesn't feel like Christmas yet. Well, it isn't. <laughs> it's, it's still Advent. Maybe this is a, a great way we, we, get our, we get our decorations up uh, closer to Christmas Day and, and, and really celebrate that whole week. I know we're going to be doing it here, by the way. We do it every year, and on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, the 25th, we're going to be playing Christmas music throughout the day and then all through Christmas week. Everybody else is shutting their Christmas music off on the 25th, 26th of December. <laughs> we're just getting into full swing. So hopefully, because we want to stress the, the importance of Christmas Day, so great a solemnity is it that we celebrate it for eight days. So anyway, let's go back to the Holy Father here. I'm kind of, again, running off on a tangent here. Holy Father said, writes this in this beautiful apostolic letter. When at Christmas we place the statue of the infant Jesus in the manger, the nativity scene suddenly comes alive. God appears as a child for us to take into our arms. Beneath weakness and frailty, he conceals his power that creates and transforms all things. It seems impossible, yes, it, yet it's true, Pope Francis writes. 
In Jesus, God was a child, and in this way he wished to reveal the greatness of his love by smiling and opening his arms to all. And, you know, we, we should be reflecting on this this time of year, that the second person of the Blessed Trinity chose to come into this world as a helpless infant. You know, we've those of you who are parents, grandparents, godparents, most people have held or been in the presence of a, a newborn, and the innocence and the helplessness of the of the child in that, in those especially the first few months, but especially at birth with this, I mean, to the point we have to hold the baby's head, he or she can't even you know hold her, his or her head up. And that's how God chose to come to us. And Holy Father said, the, the birth of a child awakens joy and wonder. It sets before us the great mystery of life. Seeing the bright eyes of a young couple gazing at their newborn, we can understand the feelings of Mary and Joseph, who, as they looked at the infant Jesus, sensed God's presence in their lives. And there, too, my friends, I think any one of us listening, watching, who, who have experienced the birth of a child, I've shared with you, often how I felt that presence and all three I was in the delivery room for all three of my children but especially the first child our, our oldest son Joseph where there was just an overpowering sense of God's presence when I heard those first cries it, it, it's, it's inexplicable can't explain it, but it, 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 it was overpowering. And, you know, I, I did, I had the, the great blessing to have um, um, of writing the story of, of our pregnancy and then eventual birth of our son, because we did have two miscarriages before we had Joseph. And Catholic Digest published the story back in 1991, I think. And um, because it was for me personally, it was such a it was such a, uh, a, a um, um, just an overwhelming experience for all three of our children. But but the first one uh, because it's you know it's 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 such a, a beautiful experience. But Holy Father reminds us here that the birth of a child awakens joy and wonder in all people. It sets us before the great mystery of life, seeing the bright eyes of a young couple gazing at their newborn. We can understand the feelings of Mary and Joseph, who, as they looked at the infant Jesus, sensed God's presence in their lives. Life was made manifest, Pope Francis writes. In these words, the Apostle John sums up the mystery of the Incarnation. The creche allows us to see and touch this unique and unparalleled event that changed the course of history so that time would therefore be reckoned either before or after the birth of Jesus. B.C. or A.D., they, change, they try to change it to something else now, right? Either, but we know it's before Christ or the year of our Lord. And I was reading something somewhere, anytime anybody writes a check, for instance, and they write the date on the check, they're proclaiming Jesus Christ <laughs> because they're saying it's today is the you know, 12th day of the 12th month in the year 2019 since the birth of Christ. Francis, Pope Francis writes, God's ways are astonishing, for it seems impossible that he should forsake his glory to become a man like us. 
to our astonishment, we see God acting exactly as we do. He sleeps, takes milk from his mother, cries and plays like every other child. As always, God baffles us. He's unpredictable, Pope Francis says, constantly doing what we least expect. The nativity scene shows God as he came into the world, but it also makes us reflect on how our life is part of God's own life. It invites us to become his disciples if we want to attain the ultimate meaning in life. And then Holy Father writes, as the Feast of the Epiphany approaches, we place the statues of the three kings in the Christmas creche. Observing the star, those wise men from the east set out for Bethlehem in order to find Jesus and offer him their gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. These costly gifts have an allegorical meaning. Gold honors Jesus' kingship, incense his divinity, myrrh his sacred humanity that was to experience death and burial. And Pope Francis says, as we contemplate this aspect of the nativity scene, we are called to reflect on the responsibility of every Christian to spread the gospel. Read that again, because that's, that's what it's all about, my friends. As we contemplate this aspect of the nativity scene, that of the three kings, the three wise men, we are called to reflect on the responsibility of every Christian to spread the gospel. Each of us is called to bear glad tidings to all, testifying by our practical works of mercy to the joy of knowing Jesus and his love. And that's what we are called to do by virtue of our baptism, every single one of us, my friends, in how we live our lives. I was thinking about this today, uh, this morning, I was in the chapel and, and um, before our meeting, and I was just thinking about just how much God has blessed our apostolate, how he has blessed the work we do, that I could remember standing outside this building 13, 14 years ago, praying that we were able to, number one, get a radio station. And here we are in 2019, I'm sitting in a chapel where the Lord is present to us in the Eucharist. (laughs) We have a beautiful facility. We have four radio stations. We're using all these means of communications to, to get the word out, to proclaim the gospel. That's why we exist. That's why we're here. That's why you support us. That's why you listen and watch. Because we're all called to testify to that, give witness to that. And Pope Francis says, the Magi teach us that people can come to Christ by a very long route. Men of wealth, sages from afar, a thirst for the infinite. They set out on the long and perilous journey that would then would lead them to Bethlehem. Great joy comes over them in the presence of the infant king. They are not scandalized by the poor surroundings, but immediately fall to their knees and worship him. Kneeling before him, they understand that the God who with sovereign wisdom guides the course of the stars also guides the course of history, casting down the mighty and raising up the lowly. Upon their return home, they would certainly have told others of this amazing encounter with the Messiah, thus initiating the spread of the gospel among the nations. And then Holy Father concludes by writing, 
Standing before the Christmas crash, we are reminded of the time when we were children, eagerly waiting to set it up. These memories make us all the more conscious of the precious gift received from those who passed on the faith to us. At the same time, they remind us of our duty to share this same experience with our children and our grandchildren. It does not matter how the nativity scene is arranged. It can always be the same or it can change from year to year. What matters is that it speaks of our lives. Wherever it is and whatever form it takes, the Christmas creche speaks to us of the love of God, the God who became a child in order to make us know how close he is to every man, woman, and child, regardless of their condition. And then Holy Father concludes by saying, Dear brothers and sisters, the Christmas crash is part of the precious yet demanding process of passing on the faith. Beginning in childhood and at every stage of our lives, it teaches us to contemplate Jesus, to experience God's love for us, to feel and believe that God is with us and that we are with him, his children, brothers and sisters, all thanks to that child who is the Son of God and the Son of the Virgin Mary and to realize that in knowledge we find true happiness. In that knowledge we find true happiness. Like St. Francis, may we open our hearts to this simple grace so that from our wonderment a humble prayer may arise, a prayer of thanksgiving to God, who wished to share with us his all and thus never to leave us alone. Beautiful, beautiful apostolic letter. And, you know, you can read this letter, you can print it out. Maybe as you, you're setting up your 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 nativity scene in your home, share some of these words with your family. And especially as, as the Holy Father reflects on the various figures and, and the importance of each of the, the scenes and uh, the teaching behind it and how important it is, you can go to the Vatican website, uh, Vatican, www.vatican.va, and click on the Pope Francis Apostolic Letter section. And it's right there. It's the first apostolic letter because it's the most recent. Um, but a beautiful teaching from Pope Francis. So let's take a break. When I come back, we're going to go to the catechism. It is Thursday, catechism day. And we're going to talk about man's capacity for God, specifically man's desire for God, which is really what we're doing during this beautiful Advent season. So you stay where you are, my brothers and sisters. I'll be back with more on Come to Me. Mike Walsh, co-host of Talking Catholic. Every week, our show will bring you in-depth interviews with the hardworking people doing the Lord's work in parishes, schools, and ministries. Our increasingly secularized world often makes it easy to forget that we are surrounded by wonderful workers in the vineyard. On Talking Catholic, we will bring you their perspectives on how we can better serve God and our neighbors. Tune in to Talking Catholic on Sundays at 11 a.m. and Mondays at 4 p.m. 
Want to work a virtual miracle for your church or charity? Here's something so brilliant yet so simple and meaningful, you have to check it out. It's an internet site called GoodShop.com. GoodShop.com has created a way that lets you support any charity of your choice, and it costs you nothing. The good news is, 700 of the largest internet retailers, stores you already visit online, have teamed up with GoodShop.com to give back a percentage of every purchase you make to your favorite cause. Before you buy anything online, go Go to GoodShop.com, select the charity you care about most, and then click over to your favorite store. Shop as you normally would, pay nothing extra, and a donation will be made to your favorite charity. It's that easy. Visit GoodShop.com today and designate Domestic Church Media as your favorite charity, and a portion of your Internet purchase will be donated to Domestic Church Media and enable us to continue to bring you outstanding Catholic radio. That's GoodShop.com, and designate Domestic Church Media as your favorite charity. GoodShop.com. 60 Seconds with Mother Angelica. The Eucharist is the one presence of Jesus that's real. It is the presence of God. He promised to leave. I will not leave you orphans. There is no comparison between the other presences of God. The presence of God is in His Word. The presence of God is in me and you, or you would dissolve into nothingness. The presence of God is in creation, in the air we breathe. But when that priest says, this is my body, and this is my blood, that is the real presence of God. Body, blood, soul, and divinity. It is Jesus himself, alive. The people you know and trust are on EWTN. Hi, I'm Cheryl. I'm Jim. And we invite you to join us every Friday at 4 p.m. for Friday Live. Two hours of talk, music, interesting, and informative interviews. We'll also have a reflection on Sunday's Gospel, Jim Hoffman's weekend weather forecast, and you'll have a chance to call in and play one of our fun game shows like Saint of the Day or Name That Catholic Tune. It all happens right here Friday at 4 p.m. That's Friday Live, proclaiming the joy of the gospel, communicating hope on these domestic church media stations. Ambler to Avon by the Sea. Burlington to Bradley Beach. From Yardley to Yardville. Bryn Athen to Brielle. Nishanik Station to Normandy Beach. Princeton to Pendell. Proclaiming the joy of the gospel on Domestic Church Catholic Radio. All right, welcome back. We're going to go to the Catechism of the Catholic Church in just a moment to talk about and teach about man's desire for God. But I'm sitting here, I'm scratching the palm of my hand. Um, <laughs> did I say that? I mean, you're going to come in some money? <laughs> From my mouth to God's ear. You know, I had I just saw a question. I, I, for those of you who are commenting on Facebook, I, I thank you so much for doing that. I, I, I can't answer while I'm on the air. I'll, I'll try to answer a little later on when we get off the air. I did see one quick comment, and, and the comment was also asked to me this today at the board meeting. 
you know, we are, as I mentioned to you, we are on the Amazon Alexa device and also on the Google Home device. On either device, you just have to say, play domestic church media. And in, in the Amazon, uh, you know, you would say Alexa, and then you play, play domestic church media or the Google Home, whatever the command there is, hey Google or oh, hey Google. But with the Amazon device, you first have to go to your Amazon, your Alexa um, app and enable the skill. So you, you go to your Alexa app, you search for domestic church media, and then enable the skill when you when you see that. And then it works. It doesn't work just by saying it unless you first enable the skill on your Amazon Alexa app. So that's why if, if you're not getting it, go to your Amazon Alexa app. Search for domestic church media, enable the skill, and then it will work. So I did get that. I saw that question pop up just now uh, from Mike, and also uh, I was asked that question today at the board uh, meeting. So now you heard the little spot there for uh, tomorrow's Friday already. I don't know where, where the time is going, but uh, of course Cheryl feeling much better. Still has a little. They say this cough that she has lasts for weeks. I guess and. I mean, all it was really bad there for a while, but anyway, she's 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 back she's back in the swing of things, and she's going to be here tomorrow with me for Friday Live, four o'clock, and we're going to welcome our friend Deacon Anthony Co with his senior spirituality segment. Um, Father Gary Koch will be giving the reflection on the gospel reading for the third Sunday of Advent, and then also uh, an author, and it's a it's a uh, pen name. What is it? Nume de plume? What do they call that in French? Anyway, her name is Maggie Green, and she's written a book published by Sophia Institute Press called The St. Monica Club, How to Wait, Hope, and Pray for Your Fallen Away Loved Ones. And I've shared with you yesterday, you know, as I get these prayer requests that you're so wonderfully sending to me, I'm going to say one out of every three prayer requests that we get comes from a parent or grandparent who says, please pray that my adult children and grandchildren come back to the church. So tomorrow, especially if you're in that situation where you have loved ones who have left the church, uh, uh, tomorrow one of our guests will be Maggie Green, who's written a book called The St. Monica Club, How to Win, I'm sorry, How to Wait, Hope, and Pray for Your Fallen Away Loved Ones. So that should be great. And we've got to play Christmas music all lined up for you. It's going to be great. Jim Hoffman with the weather. Uh, That's tomorrow at 4 o'clock. And then, um, as I said, we're doing Christmas music this afternoon at 5. When I go off uh, at 5 o'clock, we'll have an hour of Christmas music. Uh, Tomorrow morning at 6, we have Christmas music. And then at uh, 8, Cheryl's music program is going to air. And it's the program we've been airing this week on Marian music, uh, kind of our Blessed Mother you know, as Father Butler was saying today, we started off the week, uh, December 8th, although it was a, it fell on a Sunday, so the Sunday liturgy over, overrides uh, that particular feast day. Uh, we celebrated the Feast of the Immaculate Conception the next day, Monday the 9th. But then here we are with another feast day of Our Lady uh, of, Gua- of Guadalupe. And um, so anyway, tomorrow, Cheryl's music program at 8 o'clock will uh, feature Marian hymns and music. And then we'll be on from four to five, from four to six, and uh, also play some Christmas music for you. And then Saturday, we'll start cranking it up a bit <laughs> and giving you. I haven't decided what hours yet, uh, but we'll just keep keep your dial right where it is because we'll be cranking up the Christmas music on Saturday, and then Sunday as we enter into the third week, we'll do a little more next week. Uh, um, 
And then, as I said, leading up to Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, when it's all Christmas music, the only the only time we will not play Christmas music on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day are those times when there is liturgy being broadcast from the network, uh, either from Rome with the Holy Father uh, and uh, or EWTN. And I think also we're going to broadcast from the um, National uh, Shrine Basilica of the Immaculate Conception down in Washington. So when there's liturgy, we won't be playing the Christmas music. We'll play liturgy. But uh, all around that, we're going to give you uh, a whole bunch of Christmas music that sings, I always say, you know, Grandma is safe on our station. She won't get run over by the reindeer here because we don't play that song. <laughs> and Frosty isn't around, and Rudolph is back up at the North Pole with Santa Claus. We're going to play you music that just sings of the season. And, you know, I'm finding, because I had to redo all these Christmas music sets. We, we, for years, we were playing the same. I think I had like 80 hours of Christmas music that I was playing throughout our broadcast day. But when the Russians hacked us last spring, they locked all that up. So I had to start recreating and redoing um, these music sets. So in a, in a sense, it's a blessing because I'm, I'm, I'm adding a lot of, uh, you know, newer music and things, newer renditions of this, the beautiful hymns and carols. Um, in addition to some of the other older stuff, like you'll hear, you'll hear Sinatra. By the way, today's Frank Sinatra's birthday. He would have been 104 today. Um, play him, Bing Crosby, Perry Como, all the, all the standards that way too. So anyway, this is what we want to do. We want to play all the traditional Christmas carols and hymns for you. Uh, to add. And we've already received wonderful comments. Thank you so much for those of you who are responding uh, and are commenting on uh, how much you're enjoying the music because, you know, you don't, you're not hearing it on other stations. And I, I, I even heard uh, there's a very popular um, uh, Protestant station that a lot of people listen to for the music throughout the year, uh, for the Christian music they play. And even they are playing with White Christmas and Winter Wonderland, in addition to some of the other carols. And I'm, I was very surprised at that. Uh, we're just sticking strictly with the music that sings of Jesus and the season, the true meaning of the season. So now let's go to the Catechism of the Catholic Church. And this is chapter one of the Catechism, man's capacity for God and the desire for God. So listen what our Catechism teaches The desire for God is written in the human heart because man is created by God and and for God, and God never ceases to draw man to himself. Only in God will he find the truth and happiness he never stops searching for. So we stop to think about that, and my friends, I I shared with you a few weeks ago the the, the most recent uh, Pew Research study, I think that was done at the end of October, on the very, very disturbing decline in Christianity in this country. Both Catholic and, 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 and Protestant Christianity is in a steep decline. And as I've said, you know, people send us these prayer requests, please pray for my adult children who left the church, my grandchildren who don't know Jesus. But that doesn't mean that the individual loses a desire for God. They, they, we all have this desire because it's written in the human heart. In every human heart, there's a desire for God because we are created by God for God. And so, as the Catechism says, he never ceases to draw us to himself. And it's only in God that we're going to find truth and happiness 
that we spend our lives searching for. But what happens is when people leave the church, leave Christianity, become non-believers, become agnostic, or as they're called now, the nuns, the N-O-N-E-S, which is the majority of uh, individuals who have nothing, if they still have this desire for God, as they, as all of us do, they're going to try to fill that desire with something else of the world that will never satisfy them and never bring them happiness and never bring them truth. Our catechism says that the, the dignity of man rests above all on the fact that he is called to communion with God. This invitation to converse with God is addressed to man as soon as he comes into being. Again, this is the catechism of the Catholic Church. For if man exists, it is because God has created him through love, and through love continues to hold him in existence. He cannot live fully according to truth unless he freely acknowledges that love and entrusts himself to his creator. So, again, you... you, understand that we're called to communion with God. This is why God made us. You go back to the old Baltimore Catechism, if you learn from that, as I did. Who made me? God made me. Why did God made me? God made me to know him, to love him, to serve him in this life so that I could be happy with him forever in the next. We're called to that communion with God. You know, this year, in 2009-19, we celebrated the 50th anniversary of the moon landing. I understand now there's a commitment now to go back to the moon by 2024 or something. But I remember remember those days in 69 when we we had those moon shots? (laughs) And they say that the the, uh, computer systems on those... Uh, lunar missions were less sophisticated than the computer system we have in our pocket calculators these days. I mean, we sent three men a quarter of a million miles to another celestial body and landed, walked on it, came back from it alive. The reason I'm bringing that up is because I was always very interested in in, uh, space flight. When I was growing up, you know, I remember Alan Shepard and the first, the first uh, orbit by John Glenn. I, mean, I was in, I was in first, second, third grade, but I was very interested. They would actually come on television and show them. Right? They, they'd break into whatever was on TV and just to show you the rocket taking off, or the astronauts coming back, the parachute capsules parachuting down into the sea. But I remember when they were going to the moon. This all involves physics. You know, I'm not a scientist. I'm liberal arts all the way. So forgive me if I don't get this absolutely correct. But when the when the a spacecraft would go into orbit around the Earth, it would be going at a certain uh, speed to stay within the orbit. And then in order to break away from the Earth's orbit to go toward the moon, they had to speed up and, and whatever the trajectory was and and then they broke free from the Earth's gravitational pull, and, and instead of orbiting the Earth, they were now headed toward the moon. And the moon, by its own gravitational pull, would be literally pulling the spacecraft toward it, 
where they would then enter into a an orbit around the moon. But between the Earth and the moon, the spacecraft was being drawn first by its own thrust toward the moon, but then the moon's gravitational pull began to pull the spacecraft toward itself. And as I'm reading this from the Catechism, that we are called to communion to God, that God never ceases to draw himself to us. But that's what he does. And from the moment of our conception, and then throughout our life, he's drawing himself to us. He'll never force himself upon us. He'll never force us to do anything against our will. He gave us that great gift of free will. But throughout our lives, he's gently drawing us to himself. And in a world that that becomes so secularized that people don't know God, they're being drawn still. He never ceases to do that. And there's that, that innate desire in every human heart for God. But poor lost souls, and I will call them that because that's what they are if they've, if they've left the faith or they've left any knowledge of understanding or desire for God in their own mind, they're going to begin to fill that desire with other things, just thinking it would bring them happiness or fulfillment, and it never will. The Catechism says in paragraph 28, in many ways throughout history down to the present day, Men have given expression to their quest for God and their religious beliefs and behavior in their prayers, sacrifices, rituals, meditations, and so forth. These forms of religious expression, despite the ambiguities they often bring with them, are so universal that one may well call man a religious being. It's, you know, you, you go just do studies. I think when I was in college, um, I, I took a course on world religions just to kind of get a, an idea, you know, never left my faith. I, I've never ever, for, and thanks be to God, for, for as old as I am now, but, I, you know, in those very, um, uh, what do you want to call them, vulnerable days of uncertainty perhaps in, in late teens and early 20s and when I was growing up, you know, where that's, that's, that was the, the, that was like, the, the, could be the black hole for most people where they would be sucked into a worldly way and out of their faith and, and, uh, that's when most people left, if they left their faith. I never went through that. I, I, I think I can remember one time, one time I can remember when I was probably in my mid-20s where I skipped Mass and I went to the park instead on a Sunday morning because I was just mad or upset about something and probably mad at God for some reason. I'll show him. I'll go sit in Colonial Park up there in Somerset and not go to Mass. And that's the one time. And, of course, I ran to confession the next, the next Saturday. <laughs> and, but sadly, too many people do that and then continue to do that and, and, and then have this desire for God. They don't know it, though. And... The Catechism says, from, our, our, from one ancestor, God, made all nations to inhabit the whole earth, and he allotted the times of their existence and the boundaries of the places where they could live so that they would search for God and perhaps grope for him and find him, though indeed he is not far from each one of us, for in him we live and move and have our being. You heard the spot with Mother Angelica uh, when we took our break. 
that if God stopped thinking of us, we'd, we'd cease to be. We'd turn to dust. The Catechism says, but this intimate and vital bond of man to God can be forgotten, overlooked, and even explicitly rejected by man. Such attitudes can have different causes. Revolt against evil in the world, religious ignorance or indifference, the cares and riches of the world, the scandal of bad example on the parts of believers, currents of thought hostile to religion, and finally the attitude of sinful man which makes him hide from God out of fear and flee to his call. And that's, again, the devil, you know, people... People who enter into a, a sinful lifestyle, they can't reconcile that lifestyle with the faith. And so they break away because the weak human nature and the worldliness of the individual is overcome by those concupiscences, that concupiscence, and they cannot justify living the way I'm living and be a Christian or be a Catholic or believe in God. So it's easier to live this way, and, and they separate themselves from God. God loves the, the, the sinner but hates the sin. God never stops loving the individual, even, this, even the individuals who, who, who have rejected him in this life, in one way or another. We reject him anytime we sin. But those who, who make that permanent rejection and say, I've, I'm, I'm a nun, an N-O-N-E, I don't have any belief. I'm spiritual, but not religious. What does that mean? You know, there are evil spirits. <laughs> Very real. So if you're spiritual... You might be uh, paying attention to the wrong spirit. The Catechism says, Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Although a man can forget God or reject him, he never ceases to call every man to seek him so as to find life and happiness. But this search for God demands of man every effort of intellect, a sound will, an upright heart, as well as the witness of others who teach him to seek God. One thing we discuss here at the Apostolate is how do we reach young people? You know, our young people today don't listen to the radio. I, I told you, we, we did a survey of a year and a half ago, and we found that, that uh, 70% of our listening audience is between the age of 50 and 70. And I know I have my, my, my son is, he'll be 31 in January. My daughter's 20, 28 going on 29. My youngest son is 27. They don't listen to the radio, They're listening to podcasts and other things and other devices. And how do we reach them? Well, we, I we talked about it this morning at our meeting. We, we have to get on. That's why we're on the, that's why we're on YouTube and Facebook and all these other platforms, because we have to go where everybody, other you know, other people are. People who don't listen to the radio, but listen to watch YouTube and listen to uh, to a streaming audio and things and podcasts. People today need to see the witness. And I was thinking about this today too. And I, again, being the good Catholic that I am, I can't give you the exact chapter and verse, but I know it's in the Acts of the Apostles where 
the pagans look at the Christians and say, see how they love each other. The great witness we can give by how we live our faith. And why? Because we understand that God never ceases to call us to himself. That God never ceases to have us seek him so that we can find true life and true happiness in this world and in this life. It's not going to come from the world or things of the world. We could have the best car, live in the best neighborhood, the biggest house in the world, and have all that the world has to offer and have absolutely nothing. How many rich people, wealthy, you know, and I think of celebrities and sports figures who who are making millions and millions of dollars. I just, you know, the Yankees just signed that pitcher for 300 and some million dollars. What are you going to do with all that money? It's not going to get you happiness. It's not going to, not that there's, and listen, if he's earning it, he's earning it. But do good things with it. Don't make it the God in your life. But you see and you read about so many people who are very wealthy, who seem to have everything there. You know, the jet set, as they used to call them, and the, the, the lifestyles of the rich and famous. And the majority of them are miserable people because they've displaced the true God with the worldly gods. And that's not saying that everybody's like that. But you read a lot about how it's about people who win the lotteries, the mega millions. So many of them just, their lives fall apart because they displace the true God with the false gods. We are called to God. He calls us to himself. This is why he created us. This is why we live, why we exist. All right, I got to go tomorrow, 4 o'clock. Join Cheryl and me. We got a great program lined up for you. Play a lot of Christmas music. We have Deacon Anthony. We have uh, uh, a, uh, what's her name? Maggie Green. We're going to talk about her St. Monica Club. So come back then. Stay tuned now. An hour of Christmas music. I hope you enjoy that. Please pray for us, my friends, and support us. Go to our website, domesticchurchmedia.org. Make an online donation or send back your envelope with a generous check. We'd appreciate that. God bless you and God love you. Have a great rest of your day.